Happy New Year. What a blessing in 2022 and 2023 that we get to gather together to worship our God on Christmas Day and the first day of the new year. Amen? As you reflect on the past year, what are you looking forward to in the new year? As you give God praise for his countless blessings in 2022, what are your big prayers for 2023? Each December 31st marks the end of the year, and when clock strikes 12 a.m. on January 1st, a new year begins. So a year's end marks a new year's beginning. 358 sleeps until next Christmas, the marking of another year of life, the marking of a new tax cycle, another chance perhaps for some of you to lose 10 pounds, to get more exercise, to finally get really fit, end of inactivity, or perhaps laziness, start of a healthy lifestyle. Another chance to read the Bible in a year, end of spiritual immaturity, perhaps the start of owning your faith toward more holiness. Lord willing, some of you will get married this year, end of singlehood, start of married life. Lord willing, some of you will welcome your first child this year, end of sleeping in forever. Start of dying to yourself in ways that you thought weren't possible. Lord willing, some of you will graduate from college and enter the real world in your first jobs, end of adolescence, start of adulting. The end is the beginning. So, how do you prepare for it? How do you prepare for a new beginning? Perhaps the reason why some people are against New Year's resolutions is the fact that many people begin them with good intentions. But because of their lack of a proper game plan and preparation, they fail and they are discouraged. Well, if you want to lose 20 pounds, you need a proper game plan. You need to exercise. You need to perhaps do intermittent fasting and eat healthy, get on a calorie deficit. And you need preparation. You need to establish healthy sleep routines. You need to meal prep. You need to drink more water. You need to take more protein, etc., so they say. Well, when it comes to following Christ... You also need a proper game plan and preparation. The game plan can be summarized such as this. Join a gospel preaching church. Show up every Sunday. Be careful to watch your life and doctrine through reading the word and through prayer. Be accountable to fellow church members. Encourage one another toward love and good deeds and share the gospel with those who do not know Christ. But what kind of preparation is necessary? What kind of preparation? is necessary. Well, that's what our passage teaches us this afternoon. What is required in following Jesus faithfully? We're on our final study in the gospel according to John in our series, In the Beginning Was the Word. And when we first began this study in the founding of our church in the summer of 2020, we prayed that our church would be grounded in God's word because we desired that the preached word would be central to our church's life together. Hence the series titled, In the Beginning Was the Word. And so today, with this final 40th sermon in this series, pray with me that with the end of this series, that God would lead us to a new season of growing deeper in the word, being more established in the word as a church and as individual members of this local church body. John, in writing this gospel account, is very clear regarding the purpose of the book, as recorded in John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in His name. So can I just get a show of hands by being a part of NCBC if you have been encouraged in the Word through the preaching and teaching here, through Sunday seminars, through Sunday service, through CGs and Bible studies and EMPs and discipling relationships. If you've been encouraged in the Word, please raise your hand. If your faith in Jesus has grown, and by believing in Him, your life is better. Amen? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. In the previous passage, Peter had just been restored to ministry in Jesus' threefold recommissioning for Peter's threefold denials. We saw how Jesus instills in Peter love for Christ, and the love of Christ is the prerequisite for following Jesus. We learned that the very nature of loving Jesus is loving others. That is the Christian ministry in summary. Loving Jesus is loving others. Loving Jesus by loving others. You see, but not in some abstract, touchy-feely, no substance, come-and-go feelings, love. No, love by feeding and tending his sheep by his word. As Christ came to serve us by giving himself up as a sacrificial substitute for our sins, we serve Christ by turning away from our sins and sharing his good news so that others also may turn from their sins and trust in the Savior. Amen? The passage we have before us are the final verses of John's gospel, and in it are some of the most precious lessons for how Christ's followers are to prepare themselves in following him. So from John chapter 21, verses 18 through 25, I want to share with you three truths to know in following Jesus. Three truths to know in following Jesus. Here's the outline so you can follow along. Point number one, following Christ is difficult. Verses 18 through 19, following Christ is difficult. Point number two, following Christ is distinct. Verses 20 through 23. And point number three, following Christ is a daily decision. Verses 24 through 25. Following Christ is difficult. Following Christ is distinct. Following Christ is a daily decision. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray this word would serve you as a great encouragement as you prepare your hearts and minds to follow Jesus better in 2023. Christ has revealed himself fully, according to John chapter 1, verse 14. God has provided for us sufficiently, according to 2 Peter 1.3, for life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ who called us to his own glory and excellence. And so I pray these truths will equip you for the year ahead to live for him and serve him and his people for his glory. Amen? Guests and visitors, if you are here and you know yourself to not be a Christian or you are not sure that you are, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us today to worship God. We have been praying for you. In such days of political division and economic instability, global turmoil and moral decline, we pray that the unique message of Christianity, at its core, loving God means loving others. And Jesus, the leader of Christianity, modeled this for us by sacrificing himself for his enemies. We pray that this message, that this truth, that the reality of Christianity would compel you and draw you to Jesus. We want you to know that you are welcome to join us every Sunday. Make it one of your resolutions to join us and grow with us. Scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. And so we pray that you will hear him and believe in him as the one true living Savior today. So without further ado, let's turn to our text. If you're new to the Bible, our passage can be found on page 907 
and 908 of the Blue Bibles around you. The big numbers are the chapter numbers, the small numbers are the verse numbers. And as you listen, I want to encourage you to please keep your Bibles open and follow along for the entire duration of the message so that you can see and hear God's words for you. John chapter 21, verses 18 through 25 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself cannot contain the books that would be written. How do we prepare to follow Jesus? Point number one, no, following Jesus is difficult. Following Jesus, brothers and sisters, is difficult from verses 18 through 19. You'll see that the main theme of the passage, Jesus' instruction to Peter is to follow me. And Jesus repeats this command in verse 19 and in verse 22. And as I've been saying, repetition has a purpose. It has an emphasis. It means pay attention. So with those two words, follow me, Jesus had recounted for Peter his first calling to be a fisher of men and challenged Peter about his first love. Do you love me more than these? Throughout his ministry, Jesus had taught Peter and the other disciples that to follow him is to be set apart. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, according to John 8, 12. In John 10, 27, Jesus taught them of the security they have in following him when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In John 12, 26, Jesus had reminded Peter of the privilege and the blessings of following him. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. In John 13, 36, Jesus predicted his death and also Peter's martyrdom. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And so when Jesus says to Peter in verse 19, follow me, the author John was clarifying for us, Jesus was not only calling Peter to follow him in this life only, but also to follow him in death. As I explained last Sunday, verse 18 was Jesus' way of foretelling how Peter himself would die a martyr's death by crucifixion as church history records. And though the specific type of death in which Jesus calls Peter to is very specific, Jesus' calling of Peter to follow him to death is one all Christians, for you and me, uh, we ought to take heed and to embrace. Although I don't normally quote him too much, it's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously says in The Cost of Discipleship. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And I hope this truth, brothers and sisters, is deeply encouraging to you as you look back 
in the year 2022 and as you look forward to year 2023. Because although some of you had an awesome 2022, for some 2022 was one of the most trying years for you. Maybe you are feeling the lingering effects of all the hardship you went through this past year and you are discouraged and depressed and downtrodden. Well, as I shared last Sunday, that was exactly Peter's state, wasn't it? He felt he was a complete failure. He believed in Jesus, but he didn't believe in himself. He was forgiven by Jesus, but he couldn't forgive himself. He trusted Jesus, but he couldn't trust in himself. Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I tried my best, yet I still failed you. Well, brothers and sisters, it is to the downtrodden Peter, Jesus appears and reappears and appears again for the third time and says to him, follow me. You, you, yes, you, follow me. Follow me in this life. Follow me in death. Give your all to me. Jesus doesn't say, get your life together and then follow me. Jesus doesn't say, when you feel confident enough, then follow me. Jesus says, at your worst, I am enough. Jesus says, in your weakness, I am sufficient. Jesus says, when you are weary, I am what you need. Amen? Follow me. You follow me. As one commentator says, Jesus entrusts exactly such very human people with his people. People like Peter. Namely, problematic human beings, errant, sin-marred, but sincerely repentant human beings who confess of their sins and want to be real Christians. In the final passage of John's gospel account, God is teaching us that Jesus stakes people who qualify exactly as much as Peter does, people who have failed, sometimes quite awfully, for his mission to the world of other sinful, transgressing, needy, and lost human beings. Amen? You see, following Jesus was never meant to be easy, brothers and sisters. It's supposed to be costly. Jesus had said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. First Peter 4.12 had said, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. 1 John 3.13, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised that the world hates you. In other words, following Christ is difficult. It's supposed to be. Otherwise, how will you know if you truly love Christ or not? If following Christ was easy, and if everyone can do it, how will your faith prove Jesus to be your King of kings and Lord of lords? That's why James 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Brothers and sisters, persevering with Jesus through suffering has a way of growing us and maturing us and refining us to be more like him, doesn't it? It's God's plan. It's God's purpose. It's God's idea to make us complete, lacking in nothing but in Him alone. As Charles Spurgeon says, after we are saved, the main business of our lives is to still follow Christ. When sin is pardoned and the eternal safety of our souls is ensured, 
The next thing is to seek the purity of our souls and to secure a character that shall be worth having for all eternity. The one thing we are to aim at is to tread in Christ's footsteps, to do what He did. And as far as He is imitatable by us, to do it as He did, and to be as He was in the midst of the sons and daughters of men. If I'm a Christian, I am to not be following Calvin or Arminius or any other earthly leader. I am to mold my doctrinal opinions and my thoughts and my words and my character and my acts after the model of Christ's. So dear brothers and sisters, are you willing to do the difficult work of following Christ? Are you willing to persevere in it? Are you willing to follow Him in life and even to death? Knowing in Christ that death is not the end, but that the end is just the beginning. If you know that everything in this life that's actually worth having takes a tremendous amount of work, and you know that it is those things that you strive so hard for that ultimately brings about the most satisfaction and joy, why do we suppose that following Christ will happen automatically, nonchalantly, unintentionally, without a fight to death? Christ set us free from sin in order that we may be free to fight good fight. Not to just beat the air randomly. Following after Christ will be the most rewarding, most satisfying, most long-lasting. Amen? So you got to fight for it because it will be the most rewarding thing. Amen? Better than losing 20 pounds, better than getting super buff. Better than getting work promotion, better than getting married, better than having kids, better than buying your dream car or dream home. This investment, fighting for Christ to death, has eternal rewards. Following Christ, no matter how hard it may be, will be so worth it, so glorious, so fulfilling, because it glorifies God. No one, there is not a single person at the end of their lives who would say, Darn, I wish I would have spent better time serving my flesh, serving myself, rather than God. No one will say that. So let me ask you an honest question. What are you a follower of? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? When the difficulties of life come your way, when you are pressured by expectations, when you are surrounded by temptations, discouraged by your own failures and the failure of others? Do you stick close to Christ? Do you cling to Him? What would your family members, your coworkers, your classmates say you are a follower of, the people who know you best? What will they say of you in times of affliction and sorrow and trials? Are you more known to be a follower of trends, a follower of the stock market, a follower of your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your emotions, your feelings, a potential spouse, a spouse, your children, your work, your dating apps, your money, your feelings, emotions, your sinful habits. Jesus asked, Jesus asked Peter, and he asks us, do you love me more than these? Brothers and sisters, prepare by praying to prioritize following Christ more than anything else in the new year ahead. Fast and pray with us for these 40 days. And plead with the Lord with us to ignite our hearts and minds for more of him, that we may grow in holiness, in unity, and in love as a church and as individual members. As the hymn, He Leadeth Me, writes, sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's flowers bloom, 
by waters calm over troubled seas, still this God's hand that leadeth me. Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur nor repine, content whatever lot I see, since tis my God that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Be resolved to be led only by him. Commit to following him. Point number one. Point number two. How do you prepare to follow Jesus? Point number two. No following Jesus is distinct from verses 20 through 22. Look at those verses. It says this. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Upon just restoring Peter and upon recommissioning Peter to ministry, I love this little section of a dialogue that occurs between Peter and Jesus because it's so very useful to you and me. The Lord is so aware of our fragile hearts and our disposition for a comparison and rivalry of our competitive spirits, isn't he? Even amongst, even amongst fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Jesus, through Peter, is teaching us that loving him, again, is loving others. He allows us to dig inward beyond our superficial commitments, deeper into the realms of our heart's depraved dispositions. Peter is willing and desirous of following Jesus. He's willing to bet his life on Jesus, even onto death. But he is also very curious, overly concerned perhaps, about John, that beloved disciple. Perhaps John to Peter has always been that friend that's always there, that's always getting the teacher's attention. After all, Peter, James, and John were the three most closest disciples of Jesus, weren't they? Uh, they were in Jesus' innermost circle. They were the top three. James, by this time, is not in the picture, but John, darn, he's been st sticking to Jesus so close, even to the end. And Peter is thinking to himself, did I hear that John was even with Jesus when he was being crucified? Dang it. Did I hear that Jesus asked John to care for his mom? Dang it. He beat me to the tomb on Sunday morning when we heard Jesus was resurrected. Surely now, John is more favored than me. In fact, he even calls himself the beloved disciple. Dang it. We even see that while Peter is instructed by Jesus to follow me multiple times, in verse 20, John is already following Jesus. To Peter, John was the favored, faster, following frenemy. A little friendly rivalry was going on, at least in Peter's mind. Peter must have been feeling a little annoyed, a little irritated by John, because Peter asks Jesus, okay, you're telling me to follow you to death. I'll, I'll, I'm willing to do that. But Lord, what about this man? Some commentators think that Peter, as the older disciple, as the bigger brother, older brother, asks because he is concerned for his younger friend. <laughs> but Jesus' rebuke exempts such notion, doesn't it? Look at verse 22. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Peter was clearly, unnecessarily comparing himself with John in a very unhelpful way to himself. In fact, somehow a rumor even had spread that Jesus said John wasn't going to die. 
Why is John so favored? Why does John get the better end of the deal? And that's why John corrects that rumor in verse 23. So the saying spread among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Jesus never said John wasn't going to die. Jesus was saying whether he lives or dies, a short life or a long life, what is that to you? It's crazy how rumors spread, doesn't it? And get all twisted up when we backbite, when we don't keep confidences, when we gossip in the name of prayer requests, when we are secretive and exclusive and not transparent. It's funny how gossip and rumors spread like wildfire. Fire. Does this hit home so hard with some of you? The way we compare ourselves with others? The way we get so stuck on people who seem to be and do better than you? You are willing to follow Jesus. You are willing to serve Him. Yet you are so bothered by other people. You are so concerned about Him, that guy, or that girl. The way they seem to be getting all the attention and recognition. The way they seem to be getting all the opportunities. The way they seem to be getting all of God's blessing. We get bothered by the way God seems to bless them more than us, don't we? Why does he get the respect? Why does she get the promotion? Why does she get that boy's attention? Why does he get the nice car? Why does he or she get to be married? Why does he get the nice church building to pastor? Why does she have thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter? Why does he get to pray on Sundays? Why does she get to read scripture? Why them and not me? Jesus says simply, what's it to you? What is it to you? You follow me. What's it to you? You follow me. Have your eyes only on me. Be concerned only with me. Get your priority straight. Get your priority right. Loving Jesus is loving others. Jesus says in Luke 6, 32 through 35, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be the sons and daughters of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So brothers and sisters, following Jesus means loving those who are hard to love, even those you are jealous of. Loving Jesus means in humility considering others more significant than yourselves, looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others, according to Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Many of you have heard the famous quote by Theodore Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. That comparison robs joy and sucks the life out of us is a universal reality. The first murder in Scripture was caused by Cain's jealousy toward his own brother, Abel. James 3.16 says, For where jealous and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Isaiah 2.22 says, Stop regarding man. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath. For of what account is he? Spurgeon reminds us, one beauty of Christ's life was that he kept to his calling. 
and did not go beyond his commission. And you will be wise if you also do the same. If you are a servant, you can follow Christ by ministering to the comfort of all who are in the house. If you are a mother, you can follow Christ by training up your children for him. Every man has his own particular calling, and every Christian's calling should be specially for God. And all are fitted for the work to which they are called by God. And to each one, the master says, you follow me and keep to the work which my father has given to you to do. Even as I pleased not myself by selecting my own work, but did that which my father has appointed for me. Basically, Spurgeon is saying, do what the Lord has called you to do and do it faithfully. So brothers and sisters, something you can pray fervently for in the new year is to seek his wisdom in what, where, and how God is calling you to serve. Of course, that doesn't mean remain idle until you figure it all out. You keep at it in the basics. Study scripture, pray, serve wherever there is a need. And as you serve and are just being faithful, the Lord will show you your particular distinct calling. And you will know it by the joy that you experience as you serve him. And the way fellow brothers and sisters will affirm you in your calling. So internal and external. Remember what 1 Corinthians 12.12 teaches us. For just as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. Each of us, in other words, has a part to play to build up Jesus' church. Listen further what 1 Corinthians 12.14-21 says. It says this, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The members of New Covenant Baptist Church, your uniqueness, your weakness, your particularity is a gift from God to our church. Use it to glorify Him. Use it to build up the body, not to pity yourself, not to compare yourself to others. Amen? Psalm 102-3 through says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Which moves us to the final point and how we can do this for the long run. How do we prepare to follow Jesus? Point number three, no following Jesus is a daily decision. Following Jesus is a daily decision decision. Look at verses 24 through 25. It says this, this is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. These verses are pretty self-explanatory. In verse 24, John is saying, I am an eyewitness of these things. I am the one who wrote down what I witnessed. And we know the church will come to know these accounts as God's inspired and inerrant word. 
And John says in verse 25, there is so much that I could have written, but what I have written is enough. It's sufficient to accomplish the purpose of this book for you to know and to believe and have life in Christ. Brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. That according to John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him, not anything was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. But men, having been tempted by Satan, disobeyed God's Word and rebelled against Him. We therefore were separated from God, incapable of saving ourselves from the vain and dissatisfying power and curse of sin. But God, as you know, had a plan from the very beginning that the Word would become flesh and dwell among us. Jesus Christ is that Word of God, the Son of God, truly God and truly man, who would live the sinless life, who would die our substitute death for our sin, who would suffer the penalty of sin we would have suffered in eternal hell. On the cross, for our sake, Jesus died. But that's not the end of the story, is it? On the third day, Jesus rose again. God raised Jesus back from death. And Jesus conquered sin, Satan, and death once and for all. And all who would turn from their sins and trust in Jesus, his death and resurrection, would have new life on earth and eternal life forevermore in him. Brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, Jesus rose and is alive today, reigning as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will come again to judge all for their deeds. And on that day, we will either be found in him or in rejecting him and his forgiveness and his salvation, you will simply receive what you deserve as the consequence of living your life for yourself in rejection of him, the rightful king, eternal punishment in hell. So guests and visitors, what is your choice today? This is the invitation that Jesus is giving you right now, this moment to turn from your sins, to believe that Jesus died and rose again for you, to receive the gift of his sacrifice, forgiveness of your sins and salvation for all eternity. Trust him with your life this new year and forevermore. If the spirit of God is moving in your heart and speaking to you, do not hesitate. Don't ignore, for tomorrow is not guaranteed. Respond to him this moment by repentance and faith. Amen? Talk to any of the pastors at the close of service. We'll be standing at the doors. Or to talk to the person who invited you today about how you can follow Jesus. And dear members of NCBC, the word of God is sufficient to carry you and to persevere you to the end. Amen? No matter what trials or sufferings or sorrows may come your way, following Christ is a daily decision. His mercies are new every morning. So how will you prepare to best follow him this year? How will you prioritize his word and pray daily? Don't think you'll get it done without a game plan. Chances are you will fail Jesus over and over again. You will start your Bible reading in Genesis, and by Leviticus you will stop reading. So, hello, figure it out. Start with Leviticus. Don't start in Genesis. But the point is, as you continue to trust him, he will prove faithful and merciful and gracious over and over and over again. As you daily trust in him, you will grow and mature. Your capacity to serve him and love him will expand. You will have victory over sin and experience more of his grace again and again and again. Let me conclude with the word of challenge and reminder from J.C. Ryle. Ryle asks the question, are you ready 
for the new year? Christian, can I ask you a plain question at the beginning of a new year? Are you ready? It is a solemn thing to part company with the old year. It's still more solemn thing to begin a new one. It's like entering a dark passage. We know not what we may meet before the end. All before us is uncertain. We know not what a day may bring forth, much less what may happen in a year. So Christian, are you ready? Are you ready for death? It must come someday. It may come for you this year. You cannot live always. This very year may be your last. You have no freehold in this world. You have not so much as a lease in this world. You are nothing better than a tenant at God's will. Your last sickness may come upon you and give you a notice to exit. The doctor may visit you and exhaust his skill over your case. You may feel yourself drawing near the coffin and the grave and the warm and the unseen world and eternity and God. So Christian, if death should come upon you, are you ready? Christian, if you are not ready, I beseech you to make ready without delay. I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that all things are ready on God's part for your salvation. The Father is ready to receive you. The Lord Jesus is ready to wash away your sins. The Spirit is ready to renew and sanctify you. The angels are ready to rejoice over you. Saints are ready to hold out the right hand to you. Oh, why not make ready this very year? Oh, why not make ready this very day? Dear beloved NCBC family, why not make this year a year giving God your all, your everything. Brothers and sisters, let's commit in 2023 to follow Jesus in the difficulties of this life, even unto death, because the end is just the beginning in Christ. Let's follow Jesus in our distinctive giftings and callings and make use of it to glorify God and build up the body. Let's follow Jesus, although we may fail, and you will fail, remembering his love and his grace and mercy, deciding to follow him every single day, 365 days. Lord, I will follow you. Amen? If you know the lyrics, sing it with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. Yes, Lord, we have decided to follow you. Father, we trust in your unfailing, steadfast love. It's not what we can do. It's what you have already done for us and what you will continue to do in us. Father, the gift of salvation is already granted to us by the finished work of Christ. God is ready. Christ is ready. Spirit is ready to receive all who will come to him 
in humility, in repentance, in faith. If there is anyone here who do not know you, let this be the day where they trust in you. Father, we do pray that New Covenant Baptist Church will follow you wholeheartedly, fully, go all in in 2023. Father, we hear of news reports all the time, Christianity in sharp decline. Father, may it not be the case in this church, in this city, in this county. Father, may Christians rise up and respond and share your gospel, proclaim your gospel, and make disciples of all nations. Let us do it faithfully with joy for your glory and for the advancement of your gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.